Hi everyone, welcome to the second episode in our Foundation Trainee Pharmacist podcast series. My name's Amir and I'm from the RPS and I'm joined by Khalid today. Um, Khalid, do you want to do a quick intro? Yeah, well, my name's Khalid Khan. I'm the training lead for Foundation Training at Iman Healthcare, which is a community pharmacy chain. Uh, and I'm also a training programme director at Health Education, um, again, uh, involved in Foundation Training. Thanks, Khalid. Um, the topic of today's episode is the foundation training pharmacists um, learning outcomes and really I suppose it'd be really I'd be really keen to hear from Khalid his views on why they're so important and any top tips that you can provide on how to gather evidence and how you can record evidence against some of these learning outcomes so I suppose Khalid the first question that I've got for you is what what are they (laughs) what are the learning outcomes so the learning outcomes, um, if we've got any, any supervisors watching this, um, they used to be called the performance standards and before them they were called competencies. Uh, and the learning outcomes basically are what the GPHC want you to demonstrate that you can do during your training year. So if you think about it, during your year, you're going to be assessed in two different ways. You've got the GPHC, which will assess your, your clinical knowledge and your decision-making skills via the assessment at the end of the year, which all trainees will be well aware of and probably, you know, fixated upon and just thinking about that. Um, but what kind of trainees don't realise is that the GPSC also expects you to be assessing them in another way. And this is where they want your, your designated supervisor um, to see how you're performing performing against the learning outcomes. So there's 50, there are actually 55 learning outcomes, but one of them's uh, prescribing. So that's been that's been kind of put on hold at the moment. So what they call the interim interim learning outcomes. So there's 54 interim learning outcomes. Um, and these are kind of behaviours and skills that you need to demonstrate throughout the year and show a level of competency. Um, and you have to show it reliably and repeatedly, is, is, is the phrase, uh, throughout the year. And when you demonstrate that, then your, your, your supervisor can say, yes, my trainers has demonstrated they can perform this, this skill or they have that knowledge. Um, and um, you'll, you know, you'll have those marks off throughout the year. And by the end of the year, you need to get them all marked off. Um, and, and, and they are consequential. So if, um, if you get to your, for example, 39-week review um, and you don't get, you know, if you, if you don't have a sufficient amount of them, and there's no magic number, but if you don't have a sufficient amount of them marked off, uh, then your, your supervisor can actually stop you sitting the exam. Uh, so that's really important. The other thing to remember is that your learning outcomes can be unsigned. So we talked about this phrase reliably and repeatedly. Um, you can get, for example, you know, behaving in a professional manner, get it signed off at 13 weeks or 26 weeks. But if you all of, all of a sudden start, you know, swearing at your patients and stuff like that and falling out with your staff, then your, your, your supervisor can actually untick that box. And then you're back having to demonstrate that you can do it. So what can even happen is, is that a trainee can have a satisfactory sign off at 39 weeks and sit the exam, but then if they don't meet those remaining learning outcomes, even if they pass the exam, they can still be prevented from joining the registered practice as a pharmacist if they've not met these outcomes. So that's how important these outcomes are. Um, in fact, if if I can, um, if I just do a little screen share, so you can see that that's, that's the Trainee Pharmacist Foundation Year Programme website done by HEE. There's lots of information on the, on the new changes. So, for example, this year, just to go a little bit off topic, there's been some terminology changes. So um, pre-registration trainees are now called trainee pharmacists. Tutors are now called designated supervisors. Uh, the, the pre-registration year is called the, the foundation year now, foundation training year. 
Um, and the big one is that your, your performance standards that we mentioned have, have been changed to learning outcomes. Uh, the GPC have pr produced a really helpful document, uh, this one here, uh, which lists the previous standards. So for example, this one, this is A1.7, take responsibility for and accept outcomes of your own decisions. So if, if you've got other supervisors not quite sure uh, about the new learning outcome, not quite sure how to assess, uh, it'd be quite handy to point them to this document here, which has the, the new learning outcomes. So learning outcomes 18, 19, 20, 2051. You can map them backwards to the old performance standards so they can kind of get in their heads and reorientate themselves in terms of what that standard is asking for. So that's a really handy one. I don't know if we can put links in for later, possibly that we can share on, on the website. Um, that'd be quite useful, I think. Um, Absolutely. So some of this stuff is on the RPS website as well. Right. Um, and, and we will, as, as, you, as you've said, uh, reference, reference the two. Yeah. And just one last thing is that um, in, in terms of what level you need to show these, out, these learning outcomes to, most of them, the, the big difference between the performance standards and the learning outcomes is, as well is that the performance standards are very specific to the, the, the pre-registration year alone, whereas the learning outcomes are now used for the whole span of, of, of education. So from the first year of the pharmacy degree up until uh, the end of the, pre, uh, the foundation training year. Uh, and the kind of tool we use is Miller's Triangle to assess where the trainee should be. So at university, you'll be expected to be in the knows section or knows how and potentially shows. So if you're doing an OSCE, for example, you're showing how you're doing a skill. Whereas at um, foundation training level, most, not all, but most of the learning outcomes, need you need to show that you can do them in a live situation with real people in real, real situations. Um, there are a few, though, and this is why it's worth going through them, that are still at shows how and does so you just if you go through the, those make yourself familiar you'll understand what kind of level you're having to perform those standards are brilliant thanks thanks Khalid I think for me um the bit that I would just add to that is if you think of your training year as two parts so the first is you need to be able to demonstrate that you've got the knowledge and that's what the exam is there for I think for me, the learning outcomes is to be able to demonstrate that you are able to behave in a manner that is um, in keeping with the pharmacy profession. And that's what the learning outcomes are for. Halid, would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it's really interesting because a trainee will go into the year and they will, in their head, the most important thing is the exam from day exactly. one. Whereas if you speak to a supervisor, for them, actually, the most important thing are the learning outcomes and, and the behaviours. Can you behave and, and, and function as a pharmacist? independently um, and it, trying to get through, get through to trainers to make them understand is quite difficult because the exam is very high high stakes isn't it yeah but the yeah. way I kind of I like to explain it is that the, the exam is important no doubt about it because without passing it you can't get through but it's, it's a gateway thing isn't it it's one day you pass the exam and it's done but then you've got your career to look ahead at which is 20 30 40 years whatever um, and this found, and I'm really glad they changed the terminology from the pre-registration to foundation year, because that's exactly what it is. It's about building your foundations as a pharmacist, exactly. isn't it? And it's building your foundations as a pharmacist for that 20, 30, 40 year career you're going to have afterwards. And if you don't spend this year, because it's the only year you're going to have really, we're going to have you know, another pharmacist with you, looking after you, responsible for you, you can ask questions, take, make mistakes and have that safety net. If you don't make use of that year properly now, once you pass that exam and all of a sudden you're on the register and you're on your own, then you're going to feel very lost and quite vulnerable. 
uh, and not very confident and that's not a place that you want to be in and what we find is people who use the trainees who use this this year to build their foundation and get as much experience as, as possible and build those skills tend to um, hit the ground running when they become a pharmacist uh, they get going quicker they're much more confident but also they tend to progress in their career quicker at an earlier stage as well because they are more confident and they're applying the skills and they're just working better so there's a lot there's a lot uh, kind of um, there's a lot of emphasis and there's a lot of weight about building those skills through the year uh, and being confident for when you qualify. Thanks, Halid. I suppose with, with that then, do you, do you have any tips on how you should um, gather and record evidence for those learning outcomes? Because obviously with them, with there being 55 slash 54, I mean, and, and, and you said that the onus and responsibility is on both the trainee and the supervisor to ensure that the, the trainee is competent. How, how does one go about demonstrating that they are, that they should be signed off against X learning outcomes? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, the onus is on both to make sure that the trainee is competent, but the onus is definitely on the trainee to <coughs> prove that they're competent and demonstrate that they're competent to the supervisor. Um, <coughs> it, it's interesting that, I mean, I've said, I've sat in reviews myself before as, as, a, as a supervisor where the trainees come with very little, little evidence and they're relying on persuasion and charm uh, to get me to sign off, <laughs> you know, sign off. I was kind of say, yeah, but I can do it, I can do it. Uh, and what we need is evidence. So the first thing that a trainee needs to do is become familiar with those learning outcomes. So literally read through them and know what the GPS is expecting from you. Because if you don't know what those learning outcomes are, you're not familiar with them, then while you're working, you're not going to think, oh, I've just been in this scenario and actually I've just demonstrated, you know, that you might not know which number it is, but you remember the kind of the concepts of that learning outcome. So when, when you're in that situation and you understand and you kind of know what those learning outcomes are, when you're in a scenario, you'll think, oh, I've just done that. Then what you want to do is make a note of it because you, so you don't forget it. Now, you probably won't be able to write up that piece of evidence fully, you know, uh, and post it onto your portfolio for your supervisor. What you can do is, and, and most trainees who do a successful recommend having a notebook, a little notepad with them, where you make notes. And in that notebook, you might put in the scenarios that you can write up later, any questions that you've got, any queries that you might want to speak to your, your supervisor about, and now might not be the right time. So having that notebook has, has, has multiple benefits. But in terms of learning outcomes, you can make, make notes of your evidences and get those written up as soon as you can and get those signed off um, I would recommend a couple of pieces of evidence every week, kind of drip feed it through to your supervisor, ask your supervisor how they want it done. Um, but like I said, now we've got this e-portfolio, uh, which is on that, the training website I mentioned before, which the RPS is actually coordinating. So if you upload all your evidence on there, get your supervisor to check them. Um, and that's the way to kind of plow through these. Um, and one piece of advice that we've, we've, we've been giving for years, regardless of what these outcomes are called, um, is, is it's about quality rather than quantity. So if you can get one really good piece of evidence, one really good scenario, which captures lots of different learning outcomes, your supervisor will be very pleased with that because they don't have to read lots of different pieces of evidence. Um, but you can actually get through your, 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 your outcomes much quicker rather than having a, a fairly kind of basic flimsy piece of evidence, which, which is mapped to maybe one learning outcome. Um, you know, it's not, it's, it's not that great. And uh, your supervisor will be very, very grateful either. Uh, so that's just one thing to, to bear in mind. Another thing about when you write up your evidence is, you know, have a kind of, there's usually a um, kind of a, a vague structure in terms of, you know, what happened, 
what went well, what could have been done better, what did you learn from it, and what sort of developmental needs you can have afterwards. And that basic, that's what you should be getting from your, your scenarios and your evidences as well. And you mentioned like drip feeding to your to your supervisor. I, I really often and frequently hear people say to me, Amir, I've got my ex um, uh, learning review, my progress review coming up and I need to get X percent of these um, learning outcomes signed off. Do you have a view on that? Is that the right approach? Is that the wrong approach? It's definitely the wrong approach. Um, it's, it, it's not about numbers, not at the beginning, beginning anyway. Um, for a number of reasons um if, if what usually happens is either people look at the learning outcomes and and, and divide them up and kind of go well i've got this many reviews so i've got three reviews and i've got to, so i need to get 30 percent or whatever in each one well that it doesn't quite work like that because first start number one at the beginning it's going to be quite a steep learning curve so you might you, you might meet lots of standards but conversely you might not meet many standards because you're still learning so you're still building up the evidence to meet those learning outcomes. What might happen is actually when you get to around 20, week 26, you might have a bigger chunk because you've, you've just developed and matured more. Uh, so at the beginning, you may not get many signed up because, and this is the other thing, which is if you're comparing yourself with, with your friends, for example, so you might have a, had a friend who did their review the week before and they got signed off on, you know, 20, 30 learning outcomes. Uh, uh, and if you're going in with that, with that expectation, but let's say you've never worked in pharmacy before, You've never had a job before. Everything is new to you. You're not going to get that many learning outcomes signed off, but you're, you're comparing apples and oranges. It's not a fair comparison. So you need to manage your expectations as a trainee going into these reviews and, and forget about the number. The, you know, the GPSC doesn't state a number. Nobody ever states a number. I don't know where these numbers come from. They come from somewhere. It's not from any official source. Um, but it's about thinking about you, yourself, your own situation uh, and your own development. And it's about you know just being very pragmatic this is what I've done. These are my evidences. And you know, you'll get signed off on what you'll get signed off on. The most important thing is really what you do with that. It's not about having in your head how many you're going to get signed off. It's about thinking, right, once I found out how many I've got signed off, and once I found out the review where I am, it's about having the action plan thinking, what do I do next? How do I identify my gaps? And what do I need to do to, to plug those gaps? That's that that's the thing that you should be focusing on. Thanks. Um, if I remember correctly, there's four like four domains. Is that right for the learning outcomes? Um, they're split into patient-centered care and collaboration, professional practice, leadership and management, and education and research. And another thing that I often hear is that one domain is harder than, than the other. Do you have a view a view on on that? That's an interesting one. And I've never. I think when I've um, so in in the old days it was slightly different. Well, the old days last year. Uh, you had slightly different domains, and they probably made so we became familiar with them. And I suppose for different trainees, certain domains will be harder, exactly. depending on, on their natural skill set or other experience. So you know, person-centered care might come really natural to somebody. Research, etc., might not come naturally, and vice versa. So I suppose the good thing about the, the domains in that sense is that it allows a supervisor to have a look at a trainee and think, well, I can see the strong here. I can see the weak here and the trainee can see that. And then it becomes easier again when you talk about action planning and identifying where you're weak and identifying how you address those weaknesses. Straight away, those domains start to highlight that. So, you know, before it used to be um, interpersonal skills or medicines and health, two very different things. So people are very good with knowledge and recalling knowledge about medicines, et cetera, and conditions. 
but not great with talking to people. Uh, you know, two very, very different skill sets. So it's it's not about one domain being hard for everyone. It's about the individual, isn't it? Thanks, Halid. So it would be a good time um, to summarise, I suppose, some of those top tips that we've said. So the first top tip um, for those uh, supervisors that are listening is that there's been a change in terminology here across the whole um, the whole GPHC learning uh, experience, I suppose, for those who are foundation trainees. And with that in mind, the learning outcomes is, is new terminology. They used to be called perform performance standards, and even before that, they were called competencies. Khalid mentioned it doesn't actually really matter what, what they're called. Um, they're called learning outcomes now, but really the purpose of them is to measure and demonstrate your competence as a pharmacist. So if you think of the exam being split into two parts, you've got this learning outcomes piece and then you've got the exam piece. The, the learning outcomes is there to be able to demonstrate that you can act and behave as a pharmacist. And, and really it's the foundation trainee's opportunity to demonstrate um, that you are behaving and acting in a certain way to your, to your designated supervisor. Now, the learning outcomes are matched to four domains or themes, as it were. And we know from experience that some of those domains and themes individuals and trainees find harder to get ticked off other than others. Now, Khaled mentioned this is about preparing in advance for meetings with your designated supervisor and being familiar with the learning outcomes. The more you're familiar with them, the more you're going to know what you're able to get signed off quickly and what you may need some support with. When you're having those regular check-ins with your supervisors, it's definitely about the quality and not about the quantity of them. Um, you will have an opportunity throughout the year to check, check them off. And I think the last thing that I really want to say around learning outcomes is something that Khalid's already mentioned, which is just be really familiar with them. In, ensure you know what they are and try and identify where you're able to sign, to sign them off throughout the year. So thank you so much for listening. Um, our next series is on your first progress review. And hopefully what we've discussed today on the learning outcomes will help when it comes to your first progress review. Thanks, Khalid. Thank you so much. Thank um, you. I'm a mayor from the RPS.